<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hello, welcome. Life let's chat. It's hard. You want to talk? I know, that's disappointing. Sit back. Let's work this How's out. How's it going? What are we doing here? Where are you going? Happy New Year, 2024. Happy New Year. You know, it's been a really long time for us. I feel like we haven't done this in a while. Well, we took last week off. We did. It's weird to have a week off, I know. For those of you who weren't listening to podcasts over the holidays, might I recommend going back and listening to the ones we dropped. We did a interview with TIH storyteller Katrina Breeze from episode 278. That's out right now. And um, we did a new comments episode, which people are saying is kind of funny. So it if you need spicy. a laugh, it's yeah. spicy, it's funny, it's irreverent, it's wrong, it's right. Uh-huh. It's both of those. Real quick, T, what, what is, what's your prediction for 2024? You think everything's going to be good or... You sound like that that woman that came up to my front door and asked if things are going to get better or not. A Mormon? <laughs> yeah. And I said, I think, hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you the same thing. Yeah. Well, it feels like it can't get any worse, but somehow it will. Could probably get worse. Really not looking forward to this election cycle. Not to get political, but it feels pretty bad already, globally. Yeah. Do you have any resolutions? <laughs> Drink less. I've attempted dry January. I've not done very well. Oh, no. I will say this. I have, I have not had any martinis in January. Okay. Yay. And I've not been I've not been drunk in January. That's good. I also haven't. Yeah. Uh, I'll do like one or two glasses of wine with dinner. That's kind of where I am. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's good. It's some progress. So it's not really dry though, is it? No. Can't call it dry. But you did say attempted. I'm making I'm making an attempt. 
Um, I have a few goals, resolutions, but just for the month. No, just go, like oh, okay, really like like less pressure. Um, eat an apple a day. Oh, that's good. Wasn't doing that anywhere close to that. Walk ten thousand steps. How's it going? I've done all my goals every single day. I'm impressed. You are good at getting your goals. Yeah. Um, floss. Mm. I like that. And I just recently went to the dentist and they were like, wow, your gums look really good right now. And I was like, thank you. Oh, oh nice. And then no late night eating and no fast food. Oh, that's good. Those have been easy. I mean, no judgment, but you guys do like a good late night. Oh my snack goodness, we were doing late house. night cheese its, whatever <laughs> it is. So anyway, I'm always I was I'm always shocked when you guys bust that stuff out. I'm like, huh, really? Um, that's yeah. good. Mine, I do have. I mean, I have had little goals, but they've been kind of been through December too. Like, drink more water, like at least a hundred ounces of water a day which I've been heading. Nice. How do you um, track it? I just, on a little, on a note in my phone. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do like a little lymph rubbing, like your lymph nodes, just like unclogging your lymph. There's some here in your collarbone, neck, armpits, belly, pubis, back of the knees, bottom of the feet. And I don't want to sound crazy, but... Ever since I started doing this lymph thing to unclog my lymph pathways, my psoriasis has cleared up. Oh. And I don't know if one is linked to the other, if that's a causal thing. We're not promoting anything. Could be the not drinking as much. I mean, I started the lymph thing in November, and that's when the oh. psoriasis started clearing up. So. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I know. Have to show me this weekend. Yeah. Next weekend. Yeah. It's just like one of those things you come across when you're scrolling Instagram. And you're like, I can do that. How do you unlock your lymph nodes? Unclog them. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Ridiculous. Like ru rubbing and like, and like patting. Okay. Yeah. And there's like an order that you're supposed to go in. Oh. Yeah. We need to get started. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all of you dealing with 2024, just know that we're with you in different ways and fixate on things like flossing to make you feel better about what's going on in the world. Welcome to Trauma Bonded. I'm Ellie Westberg and I'm here with Therese Garcia. Hello. And today we're discussing, this is actually happening, episode 304, What If You Were Poisoned? A, synopsis, a brief synopsis, Ashley's father creepily pursued her mother, and she was born. Being half Canadian and half Mexican, she faced being othered at school, but made a best friend who was sort of aimless and pretty, but brought Ashley adventure in the form of a post-high school travel journey to Australia. Ashley then moved on to Bali, where she faced some trials, but by all accounts escaped unscathed as she made her way to New Zealand. Of course, it was there that her body turned on her. First, she lost vision, and then she couldn't breathe. She and the hostel staff had the wherewithal to get her to the hospital. It was there it was discovered she had been poisoned with methanol. Although she survived, she was left blind. 
She returned to Canada and faced down her anger, sadness, hopelessness, and resentment to find her footing again, to realize she wasn't any less without her sight and able to do all that she'd ever wanted to. She now advocates for others through her story and her work and her writing. And full disclosure, I am the showrunner for This Is Actually Happening and have the privilege to vet stories and conduct pre-interviews. We're only going to wet for the final interview. And T knows nothing about anything. She comes in fresh. And this show, Trauma Bonded, is for the listeners, a space where we can talk about each episode, digest it, and reflect on it with empathy and also a bit of levity. That's Trauma Bonded. What stuck out to you as the heart of Ashley's story? Yes. Um, I thought of a one-word heart. A little on the nose again, but, you know, I went with blindsided. Mm-hmm. See when I went there? Yeah. Something unexpected happened with the poisoning. Yeah. And then, of course, finding out she was blind. But there's moments in her life where she's a little bit blindsided as well, um, finding out about her parents being unhappy, getting a divorce, or, you know, those things. The other side of being blindsided is how you respond to being blindsided and, you know, everything that she did after the fact from you know, traveling to Central America, swimming with sharks, you know, things like that. Um, And, of course, sharing her story and then getting back into acting. It's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, that was kind of a shock to her. Like, she kind of had let go of that world and realized she could go back to it. Yeah. You know, we've been watching a lot of old Survivor. I thought you'd go to Survivor on this. (laughs) You did not. Really? Yeah. There, you experience a blind side, blind side, and it's just over. That's right. You could argue that most of life is being blindsided. Yeah, you can't really predict you know, everything all the time. I mean, you can't. You there are things that you pursue and have expectations, set goals, and have expectations around achieving those goals, etc. But life is change, and I think we're we're caught unaware a lot of time about these things that happen to us in fact if we anticipated them we'd probably be agoraphobic Mm -hmm. yeah you know but it is about i think after things happen how you react yeah i thought the heart of ashley's story was don't drink booze in bali yes yes that i that was a great takeaway straight up i don't know i really was thinking about that a lot not drinking booze in bali yeah yeah, and then I was like, maybe I shouldn't even go to Bali, but I don't want to be like that, you know? Because I want to drink booze when I'm on vacation. Yeah. BYOB. But maybe, like, it just open a beer, right? I mean, isn't it, it the, the idea behind it is that the, the, the bottles get tampered with, the booze bottles? Yeah. But is, is it drinking from a beer bottle that safe or a beer can? Is that proof? That it's not been tampered with. I feel like a bottle, you could you could easily put the thing back. Yeah. Again, we're we don't know anything, so 
We don't know anything, but I would I would avoid it altogether. Proceed with caution. Um, and then my other heart really was she just made me think of that song, Nothing's Gonna Break My Stride. Such a good song. It is. It's really good. I got to keep on moving. I mean, I hope that this isn't belittling. Oh yeah, sorry. Actually, sorry at all. But you're right. It didn't. It didn't break a stride. Truly, she, he is one to persevere, and I think it is a great story about perseverance. Let's let's talk about Ashley's dad. Yeah, I know. I call them creepy dad. He is kind of. It's funny because. Well, this whole, like, you meet a younger woman than you, she shows disinterest, you attempt to communicate, even though you don't speak each other's languages, then you're going to rent a car and drive up and down her street. It's like, stop her. the outcome either makes this a really creepy story or a really romantic story. It ended up being romantic, but I don't know. If someone told me that that is how their partner pursued them, I'd be like, you need to run <laughs> in the opposite I mean, direction. it feels like he, I mean, he joked about doing that in the past. I'm going to go to yeah. Mexico, get myself a wife. Yeah. It's not weird. It's romantic. Beautiful story. And then it didn't work out. It really does depend on the ending, though, doesn't it? Well, and then another turn there was, you know, in Ashley's perspective, as creepy as it she doesn't call her dad creepy, but I think the inference is that it's a little bit creepy. But as much as a creeper that was, that he was being, you know, she supposes that perhaps her mother used her father <laughs> for a different life. So it was a trade, you know, not entirely clean. And then it didn't work out. <laughs> I'm like, they went through a really long divorce that was really long wasn't it like i oh, are gonna get a divorce in fifth grade and then that's a long time to leave someone sort of in limbo to be like unhappy yeah a lot of, a long time 10 10 years yeah but it seemed like he was kind of an abusive guy as well at least not like a loud mouth maybe a hot head but it didn't sound like Ashley took any of his shit once she, she got like, came into yeah. her own and yeah, found her own voice. Yeah. And then she talks about, you know, making this best friend in high school. Mm-hmm. At a school where, you know, she realized first, you know, she realized her Mexicanness of her was pointed out to her. It sounds like a lot. Yeah. Um, but she went through a best friend era and like I'm I miss just having best friends, don't you? A little bit. I mean like partners and kids and like what all that mean? stuff is nice. You're my best friend. Like I know, we're still best friends, but like in your best friend oh, like yeah. time. Yeah. We're best you're just yeah. all up in each other's oh, yeah. space. Just constant. Like, what, what are, are we, we going? Doing? What are we doing? What are, what are we talking yeah. about? You know, when we I, when I lived at your house, that was like... Yeah, that was such a great month. Bosom buddies. Depressing. It's very depressing. Yeah. But also yeah. fun. But just, I mean, that was like in our 30s, but like even just thinking back to being... You're talking about like 
that junior high being on the phone, I was on the phone with Andrea Karish for like hours. Oh my God, hours. What were you even talking about? Everything and nothing. Yeah. And, and ironically, you're talking about wanting a boyfriend or girlfriend or a spouse, whatever. And then, yeah, and then we eventually become adults and we all kind of disperse that way. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you don't really know. You didn't really know what you had. I mean, and now we're all just separate, living our stupid separate lives. It's all kind of stupid, isn't it? I mean, it's great. This is kind of like, you know, talking on the phone for hours and hours. I know. I just wish it was more an accepted route to just like, and I, I, people do this and, and I, and I have friends that, you know, definitely will not just settle for anybody that comes down the pipeline. Not, I'm not saying that you or I have, wow. I'm just saying like <laughs> the, that, that they're in their forties and they have found, they continue to find community with, with friends and not like splintered off with the spouse and the kids and everything, you know? And like, feel like that could still be a dream where you buy a big piece of property and like everyone has maybe their own tiny home yeah that sounds nice i just hate it how everyone separates i know like we had our little neighborhood yeah everyone's so far apart now it just makes me sad i mean i get it that's what society is gearing us all all toward right we're meant to have these little nuclear families where we have kids and like you know, they do it again. Um, I just, I kind of hate it that that's the, that's the traditional route that we've accepted. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's just society. We can't really get away from it, but it's, it's when you're, when you're in your best friend mm -hmm. era, and I keep saying area era because of that stupid Taylor Swift tour and everyone's like, Oh, my, my era, like can't get away from it. Like, not, I'm not anti-Taylor Swift. Don't come to me. Gosh, she is so mad at her. I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm not mad. It's just these words get in your zeitgeist. And you're like, how did it get here? I don't know. Like, you don't know what, you know, when you're in your friend time, you don't, you always feel like it's going to be forever. And then it slowly starts to dissipate. And then before you know it, like, you're just all apart living your own lives. And, and I think COVID really threw a wrench in that as well. I mean, I don't think that was... I think that if it wasn't for COVID, maybe we would have still more community. Like when I was growing up, my parents always had friends over and stuff like that. And I think we just all got used to our own cocoons a little bit more. It just makes me sad. Uh. Let's keep going. <laughs> best friend. Yeah. So she had her best friend. And it just sounded like a really, I mean, her friend sounded like a total loser, but what? she was a good best friend. Well, like she, her mom let her drink. She didn't finish high school and, you know, she just wanted to go to Bali and learn to surf or whatever. Australia. Anyway, so Ashley, <laughs> Ashley goes. But they, they, they're young. They want to go on an adventure, be independent. It's nice. No, they trust each it. other. They're like a little team. I mean, I was scared to death of everything at 18. I couldn't imagine going to Australia. Yeah. Oh, my God. I could not. 
My parents drove me two hours to Chicago and I had a meltdown when they were leaving, like a meltdown. And I came home the next weekend. What, what were you going to do in Chicago? I went to Loyola for well, like first first week of university. Yeah. a melt. We all had a meltdown and I was only two hours from home and I could take oh, the train yeah. home very easily. And I did the next oh, very gosh, next weekend. That's sweet. Weird. Um, I went to Rhode Island, which is as far away as you could get. And I was like, wait, y'all. Peace. They're like, do you want to have dinner? Bye. And they're just like bawling. Oh, we all have different experiences. She talks about some terrible things, bed bugs, which I could not have handled. She's pickpocketed twice. Oh, I mean, I these know. are things that would just send me spiraling. about it. Just threw she that out totally there. Fine. Well, well, it's because she read Eat, Pray, Love. It's all part of the experience. So, I guess so. Dude, I got some, my friend Jessica Clark gave me that book. Um, it must have, it must have come out like 2010, 2011. I was living in Oakland. It must have come out earlier than that because I feel like she gave it to me after I got divorced because the whole point, the whole start of that book is about her going through her divorce and how hard it was. And I remember reading it on BART and and it had that Oprah's book club sticker on it. And I remember feeling so embarrassed that I was reading an Oprah book club endorsed book. Yeah. But you yeah. know when you're cool, you think you're cool. You're not, you don't want to be a part of anything mainstream, yeah. and that just felt like so gross to me. So I would like fold over that part so you couldn't. I didn't want anyone to know I was reading Eat, Pray, Love. Basically, it just felt so like. Did you finish that though? Did you enjoy it? Oh my god, it's such a good book. Yeah, no, the author is she's cool. She's amazing. So she leaves Bali. She gets to New Zealand. There's this big lead up. What? What is it? What's going to happen? Um, I knew what was going to happen. I did not you know, what, know what was going to happen. happen. What What did you think? Did you have any idea what her reveal was going to be? No. I just know, you know, big party. They went to like a big club. Yeah. The last night. I'm like, oh boy. And she's like talking about the drink. I'm like, okay. Why are we talking about mm. that? Um, yeah, and then at the airport landing, Custer, she's like, I'm kind of out of it. And, you know, these things, I was like, oh, no, something's up. And then, um, but I was like, oh, it's a flight. I don't know. And then, but she's talking about it. But then then um, the customs person or the her security person invited her over was for some tea. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought something weird was going to happen. Kind of weird. Because that was kind of weird, but I guess they're nice over there. Yeah. But then it was after that. And then, and oh, and she said she was like a recovering drug addict. I was like, here we go. I was like, no. Nope. And then uh, after that, she was like, I'm really nauseous now. And I was like, oh, no, what was in that tea? Like, I was really kind of suspicious. Yeah. Of this yeah, friendly person. Yeah, I feel person. like it's a really... It's a really big buildup yeah. 
to the reveal. Yeah. But it was it's intriguing. It's fascinating. Like, yeah, your your mind's spinning like all these ways that it could go, but you know something's coming. Yeah. That reveal though is insane. I remember when uh, I did the pre-interview with her. I mean, I had no con. I had no idea that this was a possibility. You know that this was an actual fear to yeah. unlock. It's a new in other one. Countries. And the cure. I love the cure. Drinking booze. Yeah. Here's a question. Because they're they're giving her shots. Oh, for the people that didn't listen to the episode, basically, she she had methanol poisoning because spoiler alert. People, I think people either listen <laughs> to the episode by the time they get here, or they've decided not to listen to the episode. Um. Spoiler alert: She had methanol poisoning, and uh, usually it, it, it shuts down all of your organs and usually die. I mean, best case scenario was that she went blind, and that's what happened to her. But um, it turns into acid and like burns your organs from the inside or something. It felt like that's what it felt like to me. I don't know if that's not yeah. as carried through your yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah. and um, in order to satiate the methanol or balance out your ph or something they like an antidote yeah you drink they give you alcohol to drink so this is my question because we're not doctors do hospitals just have oh. like fists or handles of vodka like is that something in the back of the like a, they keep like in I the storeroom with like the steroids and like the antibiotics and stuff, or are they being like, we gotta send someone out on a Bevmo run? Go out to the yeah, go liquor store real quick. Hey, if any of you work in hospital or know things, hit us up at Trauma Bonded Pod official. Is that her? Yeah, yeah. on Instagram and let us know if. Vodka is just something y'all keep in a hospital for these sort help. of situations. It does help. But I, I found it interesting that maybe her friend was also poisoned, but because she yeah. got wasted, that loser. Yeah. I think we've all learned an important <laughs> lesson here. Goodbye, dry January, am I right? <laughs> I mean, to, to find out that if you would have just drank more, you would have been okay. Like the opposite. That's got to be a big slap yeah, in the face. That's the opposite. Never be responsible on your last night somewhere. I know that you think you're going to be responsible because you have to travel, but no. And I think she's she's got this issue where she like is responsible, but sort of irresponsible at the same time. And I don't feel like that's a good place to be. Either you're you're a responsible person or you're just irresponsible. I don't think it's good to mix responsible. You know, cause she's kind of irresponsible <laughs> because she doesn't have her return flight. She's wearing like a flip, flip or something in winter. Yeah. She's um, a mix. I mean, she's a kid. She's a kid. She's such a kid. I know. You know? God, I used to show up to in high school with sandals no socks in the dead of winter and have to walk like a mile in from the parking lot in the snow just, in the going snow. up the hill yeah it's stupid yeah. 
You're like, it's fine. Yeah, what do you think about that? Being fully responsible or fully irresponsible? I feel like I think it's a mix. I feel it's fine <laughs> to be responsibly irresponsible, maybe, when you're irresponsible. Having things... Like, I'm going to go get was wasted, so I'm going to, you know, not drive or something. Like, planning to yeah. be irresponsible. There's so many helpers in her story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. Lunatics might call them angels, <laughs> but they're just a lot of people looking out for her. She's shivering on a plane. She gets a jacket. I live in... She loses her luggage. She gets an airport employee, gets her winter clothes. The nurses and doctors are in awe of her survival. Yeah. And we look back on that and we go, this is lovely. These are all lovely people that are interjecting to help a stranger. Like, what is that line where we are stepping out of our own business to get in someone else's business to help them? Like, how do we walk that line where it's like truly a help versus like stepping over into like Karen territory uh -huh. where you think you're helping but people don't want your stupid help you know what I mean yeah mm -hmm. but it seems to me that she was really in a vulnerable state at that point probably looking around all sad and scared all her you know new friends from the flight are like peace you know yeah like you, when you got to Chicago, you know? Yeah. You're just like, I'm sad and scared. And you can kind of see that and feel that. It's funny because I feel like I am in, in tune with people's suffering and I want to help. But I think it's, it, yeah, it's a hard, hard line to walk. I tend to... <laughs> This has happened to me a few times. I tend to notice when kids have been separated from their parents. And I've reunited a couple kids oh. um, in in a lost scenario. Yeah. No, I pay, I look around. I'm trying to pay attention. I'll shout out if someone's being yelled, like abused by their boyfriend oh, yeah. on the street. I'll totally Oakland. shout like, out. I'll hey, shout out. Hey. Like, hey, what's going hey, on? There's a witness. Yeah. That yeah. kind of takes them out of the thing. This isn't, it doesn't feel like this airport security person is a Karen, but would you be like kind enough to be like, come over to my house? I'll give you things and tea, stranger. Yeah. For some reason, that that part, which it seemed like just maybe an example. That's the scariest yeah, moment. Just an example of someone being kind. I was like, what's yeah. happening? You know? Yeah. Are we okay? I mean, I guess that's where you're really relying <clears throat> on your instincts. Um, I suppose. I mean, nothing bad nothing happened bad. to her, so I guess it was such fine. a quick little thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like, are you a person that takes someone to the lost and found, and then takes them back home to give them tea? Like, are you that kind of person? Like, I think a lot of us would say that we would like to be that kind of person. But like, yes. That can uh -huh. intuit when someone's in trouble and be with them in the way that yeah. they need the, them and and make them feel comfortable and trust in that you're a trustworthy person. You know, I think that's a really 
I think that's a really wonderful skill to have and to be able to cultivate, you know, back to me being sad about the loss of like just our friend eras, <laughs> like we all do tend to turn in and become more insular in our lives and we're just paying attention to me and mine. Uh -huh. So it, I think we do have less concern or just intuition about strangers around us. <sighs> Scott and I went to Great America for the, well, because that's what we do. And um, we're at the arcade and I noticed that the poinsettias were really like wilty and I I felt their their uh, soil and it was really, really dry. So dry. And so I said to the 17-year-old kid working there, you know, you guys might want to water your poinsettias. Like, again, trying to be nice and friendly. Can. Because I'm concerned about the They're plant. Like, what the hell? But not being, Thanks. yeah, a nosy know-it-all mind your own business karen person thanks on it i was like karen he was like we don't do that well i, I know like, you don't do that okay well just you know you just care about the plant suffering this is a living thing I kind of i didn't say that but i you know it's like in moments like that am i supposed to just let me do it i'll, I'll do it it made me really sad that all these poinsettias are all over the park and they're not getting watered ever. Just steal his just water there bottle. For, for our amusement for a few weeks until they just shrivel up and die. It's upsetting. In California, poinsettias can last six months if you're kind to them. Anyway. Was that a little Karen E? I don't know, and I am always sensitive about that, too. I don't want to be a Karen myself, you know? Yeah. You're 19 years old, and now you're blind. What do you do with that? Devastated, right? Yeah. I mean, everything she was talking about, like, she couldn't really look forward to a future. It feels and unimaginable to be down such an integral sense right it yeah. feels like the complete loss of independence mm -hmm. uh -huh. you know it's interesting because i think people uh, have that debate like would you rather be blind or deaf yeah i'm sure you've had this debate it's silly it's stupid trying to imagine the world without one or the other um but to have to actually encounter it like that at such a tender age when especially you're not fully formed and who you are and what you're coming into i think she's probably even more devastated than it had she been like a fully formed adult that can maybe take it more in stride but whatever i mean nope no one is is handling that well no, no i'm nearly no. the age i am and i i couldn't handle it for sure yeah why do you think she had such a hard time admitting that she was blind maybe a bit of denial there it real you're right it, i mean that is a stage of grief i think you do have to grieve something like that the loss of sight yeah and yeah it's like it's one of those things it's so it's too sad to say out loud you can't really admit it to yourself so you're not going to admit it to anyone else yeah, and that whole sense of independence she's losing. 
And ironically, obviously, I think part of her healing and part of her journey does come when she can finally admit it, because that's when the turning point really comes for her, when she can recognize that her story can be used to not only empower herself, but empower others. And I really think it's interesting that like when she's really devastated and alone, she puts sort of this blog post out on Lonely Planet. And then there's an instance where her friend reaches out on Reddit, you know, to see what can be done for her. And I feel like these are like good examples of when the internet kind of works well. Yes, connect. Bring us together, get, bring us information. Oh, the nice, the niceties that the internet hoped for. Instead of all the meanness. If you want to hear about the meanness, go listen to our comments episode. Good plug. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. She's mad and she's sad. She's resentful. She's like, why me? You know, did she deserve this to happen to her? No. That was an easy one, I think. Unlike Harv. <laughs> Again, that's a that's a reference to the comments <laughs> episode to our new <laughs> listeners. Apparently well, Harv Well, Ellie's mean. That shark attack. Some people thought that. If there was a big fat sign above the bar that said, don't drink this booze, you might go blind, then some people might say that Ashley deserved to go blind. I don't know. Methanol, methanol on the menu. Wow. Um, in case some of you, if some of you are wondering, is methanol in booze still an issue? Because this took place in, what, 2011 or something. Is it still an issue? I looked it up. It very much is. So just... You know, be be wary of your travels. I really wish I knew what to do. Don't drink the alcohol. Yeah, that's really it. I think that's it. Maybe just stick to beer. Yeah. I don't know what the beer thing. Maybe okay, the yeah. Don't listen to anything that I we don't know. Say. We shouldn't even... Yeah, don't take our advice. I don't want to be... Don't drink the water. Responsible. Yeah. Don't listen to anything we say. Don't eat the food. Stay at home. Stay at home. You're safe. Yeah, just at get home. home. <laughs> You're safest at home. But ultimately. But go out and see the world. Yeah. Just be safe. Experience life. Um, but ultimately, she did do all of the things she wanted to do. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. A different, different path to it. Yeah, that was such a nice little wrap up. You know. Um, to become such an advocate for those that are different, differently abled. Um, what, like, what a nice wrap up to such a tragic event because it was seriously fucked. And I give her a lot of credit. I don't know if I'd be that that ambitious, but maybe it is because it happened to her so early in her life that she could really turn it around for herself. And, you know. It does seem like she comes from a, a, a family of resources, which we cannot discount. Is you know, people can get on better with the the blind sides in their life when they have resources to fall back on. Going to university, studying abroad, having access to therapists, you know. Mm -hmm. psychiatric help like these are all 
privileges. I mean, they should be just basic human human needs met. But you know, it sounds like she did take advantage of the resources that were afforded to her from her family, and she's gone on with it. And it's kind of amazing. Yeah, and you can, she does public speaking. You can, if you just look up her name, you can find her shit on the interwebs where she talks about her story. Yeah, that's kind of all I have. Do you have anything else, T? No, I mean, just, you know, an overall observation. What You know, whatever hardship is going on with these with these storytellers, they push through and do marathons and go swimming with sharks again, you know, or I think you and I, we got to do more things. Well, I think they have a special appreciation for life that maybe we don't have, dare I say it. When you're faced with losing it, when you've lost a lot, and you sort of feel like you have a new lease on it, I think it makes you get all your bullshit out of the way, right? Well, maybe we should get our bullshit out of the way. You want to do a marathon with me? Well, why do you have to go to that? Can't we oh. go to the swimming with the sharks first? Oh, you'd I've already done that. Well, I never... I want to swim with the dolphin. Have you swim with the dolphin? I was in a kayak when dolphins were spinning all around me. Cool. I know. It, they weren't like I thought hired. they were sharks at first. No, it was like from a movie. But yeah, they had, you know, they have like those dorsal fin and things. Yeah. And they were starting to circle my kayak and there were like three or four of them. And I was like, ah, today is the day I'm going to die. And then really all of a sudden, that. there's like dorsal fins all over me. And then, and then all of a sudden there's this like a loud, loud splash. And I was like, this is it. Like, it's going to jump. I've seen Jaws. I know what's up. But then they jumped straight up and spun. And then just kept doing fun jumps and they all were, around. And they weren't hired. This was, like, in the wild. No, these were not actors. These were... They just do that on their own. Yeah. Amazing. They're so playful. I know. What kind of relief was that? I know. Huge Oof. relief to, like, the beauty of nature. And then it was a sunset. I was like, this is pretty freaking awesome. Is this in Hawaii? It was. Yeah. I want to go to that beach in, I think it's Jamaica, where all the pigs roam free. They might do different things. But no, I'm trying to get in on your vacations. Like, if you can justify paying for me to come because I'm, like, an adult person. Mm, I, I would can, consider something like that. And mangle, I wrangle kids. No. Wrangle and mangle kids. I think that's our best bet. Okay. Then we get there, leave the kids with Gwen, and go do... <laughs> kidding. Do what we want to do. What about the Galapagos? Swimming, like, with the turtles. Yeah, let's talk. I was thinking uh, Disney. You know there's only <laughs> one thing on my bucket list. Just one. What is it? Staying in a hotel that has a swim-up bar. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's the best. But maybe I should put there. something else on there. I don't know. I'm Disney? Not, I, Can you put Disney on there? I've been to Disney World. I've never been to Disneyland. 
We could do Disneyland or Alani in Hawaii. No, I mean, there's anyway, definitely yeah. places I want to go and some things I want to do. Adventure isn't really a big thing to me. That's what I was saying, like, maybe a marathon or something yeah. that's hard. Also. Do something really hard. Huh. Something really hard. That you'd, like, is a challenge. Mm. And when you succeed, it feels really good. Maybe have a successful podcast. Yeah. Okay. Let's that do seems that. Hard. Let's try to do that. When should we start? Let's really try this year. <laughs> I'll put it on the list. Okay. Thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Trauma Bonded. You can find our show where podcasts are kept. If you like us, please rate and review us on Apple or other places or reach out on Instagram. Thanks to Ashley for sharing their story and giving us the opportunity to talk about it. And thanks to the This Is Actually Happening team, including Whit Misseldine and Andrew Waite, and the maker of our music and website, Nathaniel Trimboli. And thanks to Kathy Seitz for editing this episode and Kate Cable for building those blasted Instagram posts. You can contact us at traumabondedpod at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at traumabondedpodofficial or visit our website at traumabondedpod.com. We've already mentioned it, but if you need something to listen to, go back and listen to our Katrina Breeze storyteller update and our comments episode. And if you're having a tough time post-holiday season, know that we are there with you. Try to find ways to laugh through the horror of everything and find peace and friendship. And if you can, rescue a pet. They say pets help you with your mental health, and I believe it. Not only will you rescue them, they will rescue you. T is going to get Gwen a dog this year. What do you mean? We are trauma bonded to the story, to the storyteller, to the listeners, and to each other. Thanks for spending time with us today. Love you, T. Love you, Ellie.